Doesn't matter. Three, two, one, recording. Everybody knows you're not Cheryl, Ken. I think we can see it's you're not Cheryl. I believe you. But some technical difficulties, which is the MO for this podcast. It uh, wouldn't be a TPC episode if something didn't shit the bed immediately. So um, <coughs> that just – but we'll repeat what we did earlier. Everybody knows Ken Moffat and his buddy Bob Jackson. Bob, please introduce yourself for all the listeners. I'm Bob Jackson. I'm the uh, National Security and Foreign Affairs Director for the Veterans of Foreign Wars, uh, a position I've held since uh, 2007. Yes, sir. And today we're talking about what Ken and I talked about about 48 hours ago, uh, the potential upgrade of a Silver Star to a Medal of Honor for uh, Captain Bill Hawk Albrocht, who wrote uh, Escape from Firebase Kate, who's, who came on this podcast about 100 episodes ago. But uh, Ken, why don't you hold up that book and uh, we can leave off where we where we can start where we left off. Well, this is the uh, the documentary uh, Escape from Firebase Kate that um, I'm going to allude to it as we go through a quick summary. And I would encourage, and I and I I say that in the strongest terms, encourage individuals who don't know the full story about that, and that includes politicians who are going to be viewing this, to please take a look at this. It is exceptionally well done. It's done by Paul Kakert of Storytellers International. Um, it's it's just a very, very good uh, DVD television documentary. It's been shown on PBS many times, especially around Veterans Day and Memorial Day. And they can get it um, on Amazon Prime. So I would encourage them to watch it there. There was also a book written about this incident called Abandoned in Hell, The Fight for Vietnam's Firebase Kate. Captain Albrecht, along with Marvin Wolf, who himself is a Vietnam veteran, wrote this book it is a gripping detailed account of the five days of hell that these men went through um, after being there's no other way to sugarcoat it abandoned by the u.s military because of vietnamization mm-hmm. and i would encourage if the younger viewers watching this don't know what vietnamization is look it up because mm-hmm. it was a policy that led to disaster is what it amounted to mm-hmm. it's oh. where it's where for everybody listening it's where we were handing off the war to to the vietnamese and as such they wanted a smaller we wanted a smaller smaller footprint and unfortunately for those at firebase kate that indirectly implied that they weren't going to get any air support or extraction support which led to the events that unfolded so what is developing or do you want to take it away, Ken or Bob? What What are the newest developments? What, where's the picture now of the possible upgrade to a Medal of Honor? Well, uh, let, let me real quick, for those who don't know, I'll, ju- I'll do a real sure. quick stuff. Okay. Fall of 1969, Captain Albrecht, the youngest Special Forces captain, commonly referred to as Green Berets, uh, was uh, assigned to the security detail, command the security detail at Firebase Cape. That security detail consisted of 132 mountain yards. The mountain yards were the equivalent of American Indians. They uh, were the natives of the central highlands of South Vietnam, literally uh, um, loincloths and crossbows. But they were tenacious fighters. They were vehemently anti-communist and very, very loyal to special forces and the CIA. Um, After Bill got there, he saw that the camp was in very, very poor condition. They were not security tight, and he tightened things up real quick. The next day, um, he took a reconnaissance patrol out to find out what was going on. What's going on out in the jungle? They were attacked by the North Vietnamese uh, troops that they did not know were there. 
and one man was wounded. Bill does the fireman's carry back to Kate. Unfortunately, the man dies. He was a mountain yard, but Bill showed at that point that he was the leadership that I will do this for you guys and I will do it for my guys. I wouldn't ask you guys to do anything that I wouldn't do. Um, so as the, the battle unfolds over this five-day siege, on the first day of the battle, uh, Bill, Captain Albrecht, is wounded, and he's told, you need to be better back out here. He said, no, I can't go. I'm the only infantry officer on this firebase. There was a sergeant, uh, Dan Pirelli, Special Forces Sergeant. The other 25 Americans were our, our artillerymen, basic, basic rudimentary infantry, but that was about it. So Bill refuses to be uh, medevac. Uh, to the uh, the joy of the Americans there because they knew that had their infantry leader is gone, what, what are we going to do? During uh, the siege of Firebase Kate, on several occasions, uh, Bill actually would break cover and uh, use his M16. He had the magazine filled with tracer rounds because the jungle was so dense that he would fire the tracer rounds into the jungle so the forward air controller could see where he wanted the, the jets and the slow-moving aircraft, where do I want them bombed? It's where those tracer rounds are going. Unfortunately, though, the North Vietnamese figured out in short order that where those tracer rounds are coming from is uh, the guy that's directing these uh, fire on us. So they began shooting back, but he, he wasn't daunted. He, he did it a couple of uh, occasions on this. He exposed himself uh, to danger uh, above and beyond the call of duty, as they say, to make sure that that forward air controller could pinpoint um, where the North Vietnamese was. Mm -hmm. The situation got so dire uh, during all this that he actually called a B-52 strike on his perimeter because there, the official army estimate for five to 6,000 North Vietnamese completely surrounded the fire base, completely. And they were making probes, constantly trying to find the weak points in the perimeter and so on and so forth. At one point um, during all of this attack, um, Bill actually shielded wounded American soldiers with his body because the uh, overhead cover that they were under had been destroyed. And so they were laying in the open and the, the uh, NBA were now shooting rockets into the uh, firebase. He covered them with um, his body. Um, they were firing artillery rounds, mortar rounds, and everything. A lot of it was coming from Cambodia, the so-called neutral country. Um, eventually, after the uh, artillery pieces had been destroyed, uh, there was no more reason for them to be there. Captain Albrecht uh, had requested um, at this point, okay, can we exfiltrate? Can we get out of here? And the American command said no. Uh, it's at this point that the Vietnamization kicked in. Um, Bill said, okay, fine, we're gonna stay here. We need reinforcements. The call went out to the Arvins, the Army of the Republic of Vietnam. They said, we're not going. Died for 27 Americans, for what reason? We hate the mountain yards even worse. We're not gonna die for them. Mm -hmm. The American Army could not go. And the 4th Division was within helicopter ride close enough to go in and assist Bill. They were told, you'll stand down. You will not go. So Bill's left in limbo. He sends a coded message that, uh, okay, I asked you if we can go. He said, no. Let me rephrase that. We are leaving. Yeah. So at this point, he uh, gets his, his team together and he says, this is what's going to happen. 22 hours tonight, 
2200 hours tonight, 10 o'clock, we are going to meet on this side of the perimeter. We are going to uh, um, conduct an escape and evasion. We're going out of here. Well, as he's making his final push around the firebase to make sure that everybody's where they're supposed to be, he hears the North Vietnamese clipping the wire coming up the North Slope. And they're literally hot on their heels. So Bill says, let's go, we're gone. They break out of the firebase. And as they get through the firebase into a place that's called the Gap, it's almost like a, a funnel, if you will. Um, and then they get around to what they call the Ambush Hill, this little knoll just south of the firebase. North Vietnamese open up on them uh, in an ambush. Men are scattering everywhere into the jungle. Well, the good fortune is that they, they actually went to the one side when they were supposed to go to the other. Had they gone to the other side, they would have been in a perfect kill zone for the North Vietnamese. Um, so they got out of that and Bill reorganizes along with Sergeant Pirelli, gets these men back into some sort of uh, file, some sort of group that they can lead. So through the next eight to 10 hours, actually about 10 to 11 hours, they're trudging through triple canopy jungle, no air support, no artillery support, no ground support. They are it, 27 Americans and the mountain yards that had stayed because some of the mountain yards went into the jungle and made their way back because they knew the jungle, this was their home, made their way back to the special forces camp. The North Vietnamese were beating the bush. They were not taking any prisoners. They were beating the bush and they were going to kill every American they found. Unfortunately, Captain Albrecht was able to get them back to the Mike force, but be able to be the mobile strike force. Before he's able to do that, they make their way through the jungle, pitch dark. I mean, they're literally holding on to each other so they don't get lost. They come to a clearing about the size of a football field and Bill sends them a message across to where he thinks the mobile strike force is. And he says, send one of your guys across. No, you send one of your guys across. They didn't want to be compromised. So Bill, leadership that he does, he took the point and he went across this uh, open field, a perfect kill zone at the North Vietnamese scene. Makes mm-hmm. cannot contact with the Mike force on the other side, comes back across, gets his men, they go back. So three times he crosses this field and in that kill zone, links up with the Mike force in about 10 to 11 hours after all of this began, um, he made it back with those men back to Bu Prang. One of the uh, helicopter pilots, John Beckenworth, um, an incredible statement, uh, made in, in his statement that uh, the American command um, had written him off for dead. The American command knew that Captain Albrecht and these 27 Americans were dead. He thought they were ghosts. I mean, it was just one of those, how can this be that they're alive? Because he witnessed it from his helicopter. He witnessed the battle and he saw the ferocity of it. The North Vietnamese swarming into the fire base and he knew good and well that Bill and them were dead. So 43 years after the fact, Bill's the only American was not given an award of any type, any kind whatsoever, the only American. And it was sort of a a humorous story, but those of us who have been in the army or the military realize that when things go wrong, they go wrong. He was um, on his way to the award ceremony, he bound me to it, and um, the helicopter comes in, and just at that time, an American patrol comes into the, into the Special Forces camp, and these guys are shot up pretty badly. And Bill says, I'll tell you what, we need to get these guys to the uh, aid station. Forget the award ceremony. It'll be there or not. Who cares? 
They get him to the aid station. He then goes to Ban Mituat. The general's helicopter is gone. Any award that he was supposed to receive, he never received. So being 21 years old, it'll catch up to me. It never does. So 43 years after the fact, um, he was nominated, recommended, I'm sorry, you're not nominated, you're recommended for the Medal of Honor uh, by Congressman Schilling from Illinois. The Army comes back and says, we're going to give you the Silver Star. The same award two other officers got. And it would, everybody left, everybody scratching their heads. How can this be? Are you guys missing something? So we send up an appeal to the Army Review Board Agency, ARVA, and we send up new information that um, we have now the docu- the documentary, new witness statements, new all these new facts that we were able to glean. Because after the book and the documentary came out, uh, I was getting phone calls from people saying, I was there, I was a pilot, I did this, I did that. Okay, I need the witness statements, all this good information. Send it up to ARBA. I'm going to read a quote. This is from ARBA, the Army's own review board. Board determination slash recommendation. The board determined the evidence presented is sufficient to warrant a recommendation for relief. The board unanimously agreed that the Silver Star does not adequately recognize the applicant's service during the period in question. As a result, the board recommends that the Department of the Army records of the individual concern be corrected by referring the recommendation to award him the Medal of Honor to the Senior Army Decorations Board. Parentheses, convening a panel of officers other than those who recommended the award of the Silver Star to reconsider the recommendation to award him the Medal of Honor. So the Army's award branch, ARBA, said, you guys made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, they said, we don't want those guys that were involved in the first mistake to be involved in looking at this new information. And so here we are in 2021, the Army has denied him twice and they refused to tell us why. Now they're not bound by law to tell us that that's fair. But when you have even a sitting U.S. Senator made the requ- uh, request, what are we missing here? The Army has for 15 months just blown it off. It kind of sounds like some Watergate stuff. Like we're pulling on a thread and it's like, why won't you just tell us why you can't get the Medal of Honor? And it's like, are we, are we, are we going in deep? Is this going to end up with some CIA hit on one of us? <laughs> you, it's it's bad enough that they left. That's bad enough that they left him for dead. I know, right? They can't um, give him an but, award. But um, I, I, I gotta believe. You know, I, I look at Ken, and he's been driving this bus, bus forever. Um, I'm just a Johnny come lately who happens to to understand and know how to navigate Congress and uh, the the military uh, service organization, the veteran service organization uh, uh, area. I mean, that's that's what I do for a living every day. Um, so, but having, having met Ken and then having him tell me the initial story and then watching the documentary, it's just, um, it just is maddening to me that we're actually having this conversation on your show. Um, and it's actually kind of depressing that a guy like Bill, who not once, not twice, but several times uh, showed courage above and beyond and leadership skills that any, uh, any op- military officer would have killed for, that we're not presenting him with the Medal of Honor in a ceremony at the White House. That's just 
is is uh, that cannot stand. Yeah. Um, so so we're here today, Todd, to to try to um, try to get your your listeners to under, a understand what Bill did for um, not only his country but for uh, his mates, um, and that those actions are more than deserving for the recognition of the Medal of Honor. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that if you get any panel that will give this a reasonable looking at, the result that we want will happen. I I just can't figure out why that hasn't happened. And I'm sure that if this had convened 20 years earlier, that Bill would already have the Medal of Honor um but i i don't know why the army is reticent in doing this but we need to force the hand that's what we need to do so we need every american we can possibly get to to contact their senators state their senators and their congressmen or congresswomen and just ask a simple question we have a soldier deserving of this recognition when are we going to give it to him mm-hmm. And we get enough of that, you, you'd be surprised. And I keep telling Ken this because there are times when we're talking on the phone, I can, I can hear a little bit of dejection in his voice because he's been doing this for some time now. And I mean, he was successful in getting the, the civil, Silver Star. That's a big success, but um, he wants what we all want. And we want to see Bill uh, upgraded to the Medal of Honor because his actions certainly are deserving of that. But here's the thing, and I firmly believe this, and I've seen this happen in my 22 years of working in Washington, D.C. Every issue has a tipping point, every issue. Um, And right now, it's our job to move the needle ever so slightly forward Mm -hmm. until we get to that tipping point. And once we get to that tipping point, we will see success and captain albrecht will get his medal of honor i firmly believe that we just need to to forcefully move that needle enough so that the balls or the rock starts rolling down the hill Mm -hmm. and that's why we're here and so what is it that I can do or anyone listening to this podcast can do because you know I can put out the episode we can get views and that's all nice and dandy we can pat ourselves on the back but you know diffusion of responsibility that's not the, the, the views the views are important my friend okay okay no yeah the, just... the, 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 the views are important because um, most again most reasonable people hearing the facts as Ken lays them out are going to come to the same conclusion just like any any new army board that would consider all of the evidence, I believe if they are fair-minded, they will come to the same conclusion. So it's our job to get this in front of as many people as we possibly can. Okay. Because the only thing that moves congressmen, congresswomen, senators, the only thing that moves them is public opinion. Mm-hmm. And we see it every day. We see it when we watch the news every day. Public opinion matters to these people. Okay. Because it means they get to keep power. 
Okay. The, the object of a politician is to, to keep the power that they have amassed. Yeah. Only way they can do that is if the people continue to elect them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So public opinion is important. Um, and I don't know a politician or I've never met one um, that doesn't listen to poll numbers <laughs> or doesn't listen to their uh, administrative assistants who are answering the phones at their offices, both in the district and in Washington, D.C., when they're complaining that they're getting two to 300 calls a day wondering why Bill Albrecht hasn't gotten the Medal of Honor. Okay. That's what we need to do. Okay. So for everybody watching this, please share it and send it to people. Just spam it to people. Get them to click on it. So if we can jack the views up on this and then you can use that as your sort of you can bring it to them and be like, man, you know, you got now you got 10,000 people wondering how come this guy doesn't have a Medal of Honor. And if they don't do it, we'll just keep adding more views and just kind of turn it into an take elephant. action. Yeah, turn it we into gotta an encourage, elephant. Yeah, we got to encourage them to take action. And that action is really simple. You're either sending an email to your member of Congress or you're calling your member of Congress and you're simply asking for a fair accounting of Bill's actions as a soldier wearing the country's uniform in a war that not too many people today would have wanted to fight it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Tommy, if um, the individuals that are listening to your podcast, if they can contact you and you can direct them to me, um, or if there's somehow or another you can link them, just send them to my email. Um, I don't know how you do that. That's that technical stuff that I'm not real good at. Then I'm, I've been more than willing to send them additional information and so on. Um, is there, is there a that. website or is there a, I mean, is there a general, do they need to all talk to their respective senators and congressmen and women? Is there something simple that I can just say, hey, guys, that it's going to be in the top comments. It's going to be in the description. Click on this website, you know, like sign a petition where it's you just got to click on it and punch in your name. Is there something because, well, the, the point is, is the more convoluted the steps get, it's going to filter out people. So let's say you get 10,000 views, maybe a thousand contact you. Maybe a hundred take the next step. Maybe a tenth take the next. At the end, you're going to get three people. Whoa, whoa. Audio just turned into Darth Vader. Really? Oh, wow. I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> so, say something, Bob. Okay, well, you sound like Darth Vader now. Ken, say something. Okay, how about this? You can talk. Bob sounds like Darth Vader. <laughs> um, what they can do is when when we get this link from you, and I disseminate it, Bob disseminates it, you disseminate it. Obviously, my uh, email address will be on that. And whoever gets this, I encourage them to send it to as many people as they can and encourage them to send it to as many people, veterans organizations, et cetera, et cetera. In the meantime, they can pick up the phone. They can call their member of Congress. They can call their two U.S. senators and the White House. And as Bob said, they get enough calls. Trust me, I've worked for a congressman and now a state senator. We get enough calls. We start, you know, the antennas go up and we start to pay attention to that. So there are ways that they'll be able to contact me. And I'm sure that they'll be able to contact Bob through um, when he sends it out. Um, there's one uh, item that I would like to say before we wrap up here. And I, I think it's relevant and it was made, the quote was made by President Obama back in 2014, and it was at a Medal of Honor ceremony. And it's so apropos to the exact situation that we're talking about here. And he says, quote, 
Sometimes even the most extraordinary stories can get lost in the fog of war and the passage of time. When new evidence comes to light, certain actions can be reconsidered for this honor and it is entirely right and proper that we have done so. President Obama, September 15, 2014, Medal of Honor Ceremony, Command Sergeant Major, Special Forces, Bernie Adkins. And I emphasize that Special Forces because after the, the Silver Star came down, I called the um, Chief of the Awards and Decoration Branch at the um, Fort Knox, Kentucky, and I asked him, okay, can you give me kind of a thumbnail of what's going on here? And he says, well, I really can't tell you how they voted. And then he's looking through the record and he said, but this is interesting. One of the members on the panel that voted against Captain Albright getting the Silver Star said, and this is as close to the quote as I can get, well, he's special forces. That's what we expect of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I think that, that sums up a lot. Okay. And then, yeah, you, you juxtapose that with the Obama quote about special forces individual. So, yeah, so primary listener, you listening, wondering what you can do, just share it. Put it on your Facebook or your Twitter Absolutely. or whatever. Just push it along. And, you know, these things often take, you know, it takes a little bit. It can take days, weeks. But, you know, let's get the ball rolling and start pushing the snowball. And hopefully this helps accumulate and, as Bob said, helps uh, – tip the needle in the direction that we'd like because it's a it's a travesty that my shitty little podcast above my parents garage is the platform we're using to get this hero his medal of honor he deserves to be on the front lawn of the white house with the president pinning it on him not me in some jackass sweatshirt saying we got to get him the medal of honor this podcast alone is an insult to him so you know let's get this thing going but um not true tommy oh he's back he's back he's not darth vader anymore yeah, not true. This this little podcast could do quite a bit okay. as far as helping us move the needle. Yes, sir. Well, as uh, as you guys requested, we're going to keep this one short so uh, you know people aren't intimidated by a two-hour-long video they have to watch. So let's wrap this one up. And, uh, Bob, I'm going to email you because independent of all of this, you and I have some podcasts to do, and I'm not letting you wriggle out of it. All right? Very good. That's fine. All Anytime. Right. All right. All right. Well, Mr. Bob Jackson, it was good to meet you. And Ken Moffat, as always, thank you for coming back on here. Everybody, please share this video. Let's get, uh, let's help Hawk get his well reserved or well deserved Medal of Honor. Sounds good. Thanks, Tommy. All right, my man. You guys take care. Take it easy.